My, uh, my desire this morning is to is to, more, to look more like what Jesus displayed in the Bible. What the disciples displayed in the book of Acts. The area of communion to me is of great importance because this morning I want us just for a little bit to walk down a path with Paul and take us through what was going on in the Corinthian church and see if it doesn't reflect in what's going on with us today in America. So I'll begin with a video. Now some of you guys, if you don't know who Francis Chan is, he wrote a book called Crazy Love uh, many years ago. My boys up here, they love him. <laughs> so they, they're like, hey, when are you going to talk to you? When are you going to use him again? So I'm going to be using him this morning because I believe he brings, he's got a way of just bringing out what I'm trying to say. So there's going to be a couple little snippets I'm going to use of him this morning. We're doing a lot of things right. We just realized, I think we're missing it still. I think there's more. And, and as we evaluated, it was a lot more painful this time because now I didn't have anyone else to blame. Now I noticed how we had neglected some of the important things in Scripture. And I think we all see it. I, I, I think that anyone that has any type of church experience looks at the Bible and they look at what they're experiencing and they're going, why not today? Why couldn't we do that today? And, and as we do that, it's, it's the church becoming more and more, I believe, what God called it to be. And in fact, I think if God showed me everything and said, look, here's everything you're doing wrong, I, I think we would have been paralyzed. It may have been overwhelming. And, and the important thing is to remember, no, you know what? We can do this. God wants us to do this. Let's keep finding what's unbiblical and move toward a more and more biblical pattern because it's not that difficult. And I think it's something that a lot of us long for. That's the cry of my heart this morning, is that there may be things that I've done in religious circles for years, because that's just the way it was done. And I want to move to that place that looks more like what the Bible talks about. I mean, how many of us this morning have that urge to just say, I see what, what's, what, what Jesus says, but I don't see me doing it. I, I see what He's telling me, but... I'm not living it. And my heart's cry for us as a body is that we get to the place where, where it begins to look more like what Jesus displayed, what the disciples displayed. Because I will tell you this this morning, I'm accountable not so much to a board or to a bunch of people. I'm accountable to the Lord. And first and foremost, I will answer to Him for what I speak, what I say, what I do. And so, even in things that maybe we just take for granted, communion maybe being one of them. Hey, we've done it like this for years. This morning, I want to teach about communion, and then I want us to partake in communion. This morning, I'm thinking about, in my own mind, I mean, we have these things coming up. Halloween. How many times? I remember, I remember even being in Bible school with my dad as, the, as going through Bible school, and we trick-or-treated in the trailer park. And I think to myself, Lord, what are we doing? 
was celebrating pagan things and we didn't, even, we didn't even think a thing about it. Easter, I've spent hours deliberating over what this whole principle of even the word Easter, its basis is based in paganism and yet we celebrate it with chocolate bunnies and all these wonderful things that look so fun. I told people at Ignite, I said, I'm sorry guys, I know some of you kids are going to miss this. You're going to miss your chocolate bunnies. You're going to miss your bag of candy. If you want a bag of candy on Halloween, I'll get you a bag of candy, okay? You don't have to go and trick or treat for it. But Paul is talking to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And this is where Francis Chan was just talking about. He's saying, we were... We've done some things, but we weren't quite doing them exactly the way the Bible talks about. So let's see what 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 16 says. But if one is inclined to be contentious, we have no other practice, nor have the churches of God. But in giving this instruction, I do not praise you, because you come together not for the better, but for the worse. Now I want you to see, he's leading up to communion. He's talking to them right here. This isn't me talking. This is Paul. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that divisions exist among you. And in part, I believe it. For there must also be factions among you, so that those who are approved may become evident among you. Therefore, when you meet together, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in your eating, each one takes his own supper first, and one is hungry and another is drunk. What? Do you have not your houses in which to eat and drink? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? In this, I will not praise you. What would Paul say to us this morning as a church body? He says in verses 18 and 19, For in the first place, when, I come to get, when we come together as a church, I hear that divisions exist among you, and in part I believe it. For there must be factions among you, so that those who are approved may become evident to you. Did Paul just say that? Did he just say that these divisions that are among us are supposed to happen? Did he just say that this is supposed to happen because this is what is going to prove who is really in the faith? See, it's amazing to me. I, don't, I script, I, as I was preparing for this message, I didn't even see this before. I'm like, Lord, all I wanted to do was give a communion message and this is what you give me. This is what Paul says about communion. I want to read a commentary of David Lipscomb. He says this about 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 19. The church of God, like the Jewish nation, will continually fall away from steadfastness and faith. Those who cannot be faithful to God under temptations to disobey Him are not worthy of His kingdom. So God allows evil men to come among and test. Come among His people who would lead away from God and His order to try and test who among them are faithful and true to Him. This was permitted to prove and show who could stand firm and steadfast under temptations. 
to turn away from God. God tests them to point of God tests them to the point of fidelity to Him in faith and in doctrine as well to see as well as the love of the world, the lust of the flesh, and the pleasures of life, because these are the things. These are God's tests to purify the church. He desires only true and tried and faithful subjects in His kingdom. Those who cannot stand the test must be purged out. So divisions come to every church to make manifest those who are approved. It is God bringing the churches into judgment in this world, that those who are approved and true may be manifest. All we have to do is stand true and firm to God and His Word and leave the results with Him. A disjointedness. Jesus talks about this relationship between us, the church, and Him. He compares it to a bride, us being the bride and Him being the groom. I was thinking about this and Paul, Peter gave these instructions. He said... In 1 Peter 3, 7, he says, Husbands, in the same way, be considered as you live with your wives and treat them with respect, respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life. This is the key part. So that nothing will hinder your prayers. So he's saying to us that if I'm in, not in unity, if I'm disjointed with my wife, my prayers hit the ceiling. They're hindered. What's that word hindered? mean let me tell you what it says in the greek it's egopto and it, it means two parts n and copto which is cut in properly it's like blocking off a road it's like to hinder it's it's an obstacle that stands sharply in the way of a moving object it sharply impedes it cut off what is desired or needed and blocks and hinders so he's saying to us if we're not in unity with one another, our prayers are hindered. See, that's why I believe this communion, see, communion has such a powerful element to it. And if it's not done properly, Jesus talks about this when He talks about the body. He says in Mark eleven twenty five, Jesus says, And whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive your trespasses. What's, he say, what's, the, what's the part he's saying here is, if you can't forgive, I can't forgive you. If you want to walk in bitterness and unforgiveness, then guess what? You're not in my kingdom yet. You're, you're still standing on the fringes. You're on the outside. But I've been coming to church. Wonderful. But do you know Him? Have you done what His Word says? 1 Corinthians 11.27 He says this, Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks of the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself. And in so doing, he is to eat the, of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many of you are weak and sick, and a number sleep or dead. But if we are judged, if we judged ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. See, from time to time, the Bible puts us in a position, God's telling us to examine, to prove ourselves, to know if we're in alignment with the, God's will and His mind. 
We check ourselves. We want to make sure that we're walking worthy of this calling. As Christians, we need to consider self-examination as Paul is telling us here. He's saying, listen, this is God's word. It's obvious at times that we live, we have to self-examine to bring ourselves back into correction. Almost like when you have to reboot your computer or defragment it. Because it puts us back in alignment with where God is going. See, we want to continue to bring honor to God in Christ. He's, he's suggesting to us today that if we don't do that, if we don't examine ourselves, if we don't see that we're in, then, then when we take of this, these communion things today, these elements today, what he's saying is you're actually bringing damnation upon yourself. See, this is why it's so important that we just don't take it for granted when we, when we take these elements. We're partaking of Him. There is power in this stuff. There is power in it. And that's why He's saying, listen, there is power for the healing. And then on the other side, there is power for sickness and death if you allow it, if you take it in an unworthy manner. What I say to you today is we have an open communion. Anybody who's a member of the body of Christ that has done what the Word of God says, they have examined themselves. God, is there anything in me that I need to correct? Now, by that, am I saying that we have to be free from sin and there's no sin in our life? No. This, these elements, they represent what Jesus did on the cross. Yes, I, I continually have to battle with sin, but I'm not walking in sin where it's just my, it's what dictates my life. I said it in the past, I said, in the Old Testament, when they did the sacrifices, there was never a sacrifice for high-handed sin. Did you know that the, the, the prescription for high-handed sin, which is deliberate sin, was death? All the unintentional sins, there was, there was a sacrifice for that. That's why in the book of Hebrews, he says, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of truth, there is no forgiveness. We trample the blood of Jesus. This morning, in Corinthians 13.5, Paul expands on this. He says, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Isn't that what I was just saying? Wow. Prove yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Christ, Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. So he's saying, I can be out of this. Check and see if I'm in. We can fool ourselves thinking, you know what, at least we're doing something. And something is always better than nothing. But I would challenge that. Because I look in Scripture and there are times when the church was just missing it. And God says, it'd be better for you just not to do anything than to do that. make some pretty strong statements in 1 Corinthians 11. He goes, you know, when you guys get together to practice this thing that you call the Lord's Supper, he goes, that's not even remotely close to what God wanted. He goes, in fact, some of you, it would have been better if you didn't show up, that you didn't break bread together. And this is something we really had to wrestle with because we're going, okay, what was the Lord's Supper like back then? What was communion? What was God's intention? Because I don't want to just assume that because we got a bunch of people in the room and we took bread 
and we took the cup that we're, we're, we're actually practicing the true Lord's Supper. Galatians 6, 3 and 4 says, If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. They can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. See, I believe there's times in our life where we go, Well, at least I'm better than those folks. And we kind of make ourselves feel better. Hey, I'm in church on Sunday. They're not. As we go through this process of testing, proving, and examination, it becomes our responsibility to be prepared to repent fully of what God makes plain to us. This is an easy process to describe, but often hard to follow through on. Nevertheless, it is part of the continuing process in life of any Christian who wishes to draw closer to God. It is our work. We are required to exert effort here. Sometimes a great deal of effort, even painful effort, to assure our entrance into the kingdom. You'd say to me, well, Greg, I, in fact, I hear this all the time, but Greg, this person, they really love Jesus. So did Judas. But Greg, you don't understand, this person, they really love Jesus. So did the rich young ruler. But he wasn't willing to be a disciple This morning, as we get ready to take communion, see the, the marks of being a Christian are fruit, obedience, love, faith. These are the marks. They cannot be just words or good intentions. They've got to be what, what our lives look like. I told you a couple on the last communion service I was grow- when I growing up in the assemblies of God I felt at times like the communion service was a funeral service but I want you to understand today that when we take these things these elements this morning we are partaking in Christ there is something very powerful I don't want you to take it for granted I want you to know this morning that there is healing available walls of hurt pain hurt in your life even in the church that have been built up those things can be ripped out By Jesus' sacrifice. Forgiveness for sins. For healing in our bodies. And with that said, today, all across our nation, there are people with the wafer in their mouth that are still going to hell. Do you realize that there is nothing in these elements that's there to save you? It is all based upon this heart condition still. Today, as we take communion, I want you to reflect. And I'm going to give you a time to reflect on what Jesus did for us. He hosts this supper. I want you to understand that today. The Lord presides over our our, our participation, binding us to Him and to each other in an intense partnership that blesses Him but benefits us. Did you hear all that? He is the host. He presides. It's His supper. It's not grace. Communion is temporary. Jesus said He would not drink again until He drinks it anew in the Father's kingdom. Do you realize that we're going to drink 
a communion with Him once again in heaven? Biblically this morning, there are five quick things I'm going to say to you. As we do this, we are giving thanks to Him and doing so with excellence. His sustaining grace is flowing into us as we obey and honor Him. We are communing with Him, participating in His life and victory, eagerly anticipating His return, because that's what He said. Do this in remembrance of Me. We are experiencing a renewal of the Lord's covenant with us. His promises are renewed as we renew our promises to Him. And last, He is revealed to us in the breaking of the bread. The Holy Spirit shows us our Lord in vivid reality. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of this table this morning. It is not a spirit of powerlessness. It is not just a ceremony or some empty ritual. The spirit of truth, the comforter, the paraclete, the revealer of all things of Jesus to those who believe, that who is who is the spirit at this table this morning. Do you understand when, when Jesus instituted communion, it was such an intimate and beautiful picture. In, in fact, Jesus, when he gathered his disciples together, he looks at them and goes, Ah, I've longed for this moment. Jesus was about to die on the cross and he goes, I just longed to get my friends together. And there was a there was a relationship there. And then he looks at his friends and he says, My body's gonna be broken for you. My blood is going to be spilled out for you, and, it's, and this cup is going to represent that. And, and, and he says, so when you break this bread, I want you to remember my body that was broken for you. Because when you take this cup, remember my blood that was shed for you, because this is what the forgiveness is going to come from. And there was, a, there was an intense moment in there as he explained what was about to happen. He says, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. This is the most amazing thing that anyone will ever do for you. Greater love has no one than this, than someone lays down his life for you. And I don't want you to forget this. And so every time you break the bread, remember my body. Every time you drink this cup, remember my blood that was shed for you. And do this to proclaim my death until I return. This would dynamically change them. It should dynamically change us. Stuck in the middle of all these verses that I've just read to you this morning is this, 1 Corinthians 11.23 For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This, in, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this in a, as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink from this cup, 
you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We do it once a month. Some churches do it every week. I believe the purpose of doing it once a month is that it doesn't become just a ritual. I don't want this to be a ritual for us. I want it to impact us. I want it to dynamically change us. What Jesus did on the cross, I want it to speak to our lives and then we take that out to this world. That's what Jesus meant for it to look like. When I say today, I look back at my life and I say, God, there's times I just, I don't think I took it as seriously. I don't think I I took it like you meant it to be. Well, I will tell you this, for the rest of my life, until I, I break through eternity, I am committed to being more biblical than I've ever been in my past. I don't care what we've done in the church. And I don't mean here. I mean in the church as a whole. I'm talking about I want to be and I want to live what this word says. I want us to reflect. I want us to self-examine. I want the Holy Spirit to to show us. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, show me, God, where am, am I missing it? Where am I not in where you want me to be? So what I'm going to do, I'm going to be playing, we're going to be playing a, a video with a song that's nothing but the blood of Jesus. But as we do that, I want you to reflect. And what I'm going to ask you to do is because you are, some of you are with your husband and wife, you're with friends. That was the purpose of this whole thing. It was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a dinner together. During this video, I want you, when you have made what you need to make with the Lord right, then I'm going to ask you to go ahead and partake on your own and then just continue watching the video. It's going to be a video of, of Christ's death. And I want it to be in remembrance of him this morning. That's what we're doing this for. It's for him. He is the host of this table. He's the one that presides over this, not me. It's him. more than
they can go ahead right now. Lord, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you for your bruised body that is all sufficient. We thank you for your blood that was shed that makes us white as snow this morning. As an act of faith, right now, I'm just going to ask any one of you who need a healing in their body just to stand. If you need healing in your body in any, any shape or fashion, just stand right now as a, as a testament of what Jesus did on the cross. Because I'm telling you this morning, what He did not only saves us, sanctifies us, but it delivers us and it heals our bodies. In the name of Jesus this morning, Heavenly Father, God, we ask, based upon what you did, the sacrifice that you made, God, we take that this morning literally, not just a, a, a ritual or a, something we go through, but Lord, we understand this morning that it has power. And Lord, these communion elements this morning, they have power in them in the sense of what it can do in our lives. We partake of you this morning. We thank you, God. Heal these bodies as are represented by standing this morning as an act of faith. Cleanse us. We thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand. We're going to sing a hymn. The Bible says they sang a hymn and they went out.